0: Turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 12. Uh-oh. I mean, Exodus. And Ezekiel. <laughs> I did say <see> by some <laughs> Ezekiel. Chapter 12. 12. Continuing, for those visiting, we're glad you're here. We're doing a series of messages, messages uh, from the book of Ezekiel. And we have landed at chapter 12 and at verse 17. I'll read to the end of the chapter. Give your attention to the reading of the Word of God. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking and drink water with trembling and with anxiety, and say to the people of the land, Thus says the Lord God concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the land of Israel. They shall eat their bread with anxiety and drink water in dismay. In this way, her land will be stripped of all it contains on account of the violence of all those who dwell in it. And the inhabited city shall be laid waste, and the land shall become a desolation, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, what is that this proverb that you have about the land of Israel saying, The days grow long, and every vision comes to nothing? Tell them, therefore, Thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to this proverb, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, The days are near, and the fulfillment of every vision, for there shall be no more any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak the word that I will speak, and it will be performed. It will no longer be delayed. But in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he sees is for many days from now, and and he promises of times far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be delayed any longer, but the word that I speak will be performed, declares the Lord God. Father, we do bless through understanding this reading and our hearing and this exposition of your infallible, inerrant word. Amen. We confess about the Bible that it is the infallible, inerrant word of God. Our confession of faith that we subscribe to the Westminster standards make it clear that all the former ways of God revealing himself when he was writing the bible have ceased since the completion of the canon of scripture which is the 39 books of the old testament and the 27 books of the new testament nothing other than what Scripture says or what can be deduced and applied from the Scriptures can be considered the Word of God. And that's the job of the ministry. That is my job, Jay's job, and all the ordained ministers within our family of churches' job is to expound the Scriptures. And it is the center of what we do. And we are to do it faithfully. And when we come to a passage, a, a, a book of the Bible like Ezekiel, that's full of many difficult things. As I read through Ezekiel, it, it is a it is a difficult book on, on a number of levels. We are what we're we are attempting to do by the grace of God is build a bridge. Build a bridge from three, the uh, over two thousand years ago twenty. Uh, 600 years ago where Ezekiel and uh, the vanguard of captives were taken from Israel to Babylon and and the circumstances of Ezekiel being captured and taken there uh, and then being transported back and forth through uh, the inspiration through the the, uh, incredible intervention of, of God transported up to heaven, lifted up back to Jerusalem and back And then uh, speaking uh, to the context of that time to the Jewish exiles and to the Jewish rebels still in Jerusalem and building that bridge to this present time to make application. Because that's how we are to read the Bible. One of the things that I have been impressed with in this book, is I'm always impressed with it, but it particularly comes to mind when, when expounding Ezekiel, is the purpose of God's Word. The purpose of this book, it is to reveal God's glory. God is revealed in His creation, in His creating a people for Himself. He is revealed in His Word as the only one to whom honor and glory belong. And the purpose of everything He does, including judgment upon His people when they are in disobedience, is for the purpose of glorifying and magnifying his name. Again, the vanguard of Jews who have been captured, who are being carried into exile, have already arrived in Babylon uh, along with Ezekiel. The the rest of them are waging back in Jerusalem, hundreds of miles away, a foolish resistance against the oncoming Babylonian invasion. The word from Ezekiel is they will be trampled. The Babylonians will build a siege wall, as all of ancient warfare consisted of. They will... They will overcome the ramparts, and they will uh, kill the rebels, and the ones they don't kill, they will be joined in captivity in Babylon. And as uh, as has happened many times in the previous chapters of Ezekiel, Ezekiel here is called to give another demonstration. This this is one of the places I I, uh, I pause when, when trying to, to draw application. You know, I'm glad God hasn't called me to lay on one side every day for over a year with an iron pot and an iron plate in front of me as a symbol, and then and then afterwards uh, turn over on the other side and for a, a month uh, and ten days uh, look look the other way as a symbol of judgment these these dramatic um, uh, examples I, I, I'm glad and and I, I'm wondering if he's, he's hearkening back here uh, you he, you remember the the recipe for bread uh, the strange recipe for bread that Bible scholars said must have tasted awful by itself and then it had to be cooked over um, uh, cow dung uh, that that alone would make me tremble. Maybe that's why, why Ezekiel has no problem uh, fulfilling this message here. And, and all of these symbols, and as we saw last Sunday night, to, to pick up all your baggage and put it, on your, put it in a huge bag on your shoulder and walk out of, of, the, of the wall that you dig a hole through and symbolize what's going to happen. And then this this symbol before us. Eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and with anxiety. If if the Lord gave Academy Awards, I think he would give it to um, Ezekiel. Because Ezekiel was called to act out these things. The great actors that we have observed are those who pretend to be someone they're not in a circumstances they don't really know. But the great ones are the ones who are able to convey the emotions that they are portraying in a way that makes them believable. And such was the actions of Ezekiel to the people. His actions are to demonstrate the emotions that should accompany What will happen to Jerusalem when the Babylonian army arrives and they begin to build their siege wall and end the rebellion of the Jewish people once and for all? This demonstration is to show that God's word will come to pass regardless of what man's rebellion tries to cast off. One of the founders of, of uh, the First Great Awakening is a man named Jonathan Edwards. Uh, hopefully you've read some Jonathan Edwards. I can remember in, in, um, in the junior high in our literature books that we, we actually had, in public school in Alabama, we actually had a literature book that had, had as one of its uh, assignments, Jonathan Edwards' famous uh, sermon on sinners in the hands of an angry God. And it, I remember that most of that, that even then, was a, uh, was an, it, was, it was presented, in, even though the text of the sermon was in that book, it was it was it was this awful caricature of Jonathan Edwards uh, as this gnarly old uh, uh, preacher, and a long introduction of how how uh, how uh, over the top I guess I forget the exact words. Uh, it's been a long time ago. His sermon was, but he, in this sermon that he he preached uh, first in his home church, and then he. He later preached in another another church. Um, he went to great lengths to describe the emotions that should accompany being confronted with your sin. But you're like you're you're if you you're like a a spider being held over the flame of a candle. Or God has drawn his arrow and his bow and he aims it at your heart. There's nothing but the restraining mercy of God that holds it back. And many illustrations like that. Essentially this is This is what Ezekiel is telling the people. There is nothing that is going to hold back the judgment. Your only hope is to accept it. To pack your bags and put them on your shoulder and accept what God is doing. And then there's hope for you to be saved. That's the gospel. The truth of rebellion is not just lying in the land of ancient Israel. The truth of rebellion is at the heart of all mankind. And the consequences are just as certain as the judgment that will come to the Jewish people when Babylonian when the Babylonian army arrives. their critique was this, well, that's a long way off. That judgment's, you know, that, that that won't happen in our time. They're like Neville Chamberlain. Do you remember Neville Chamberlain, the prime minister? I, mean, I wasn't alive with Neville Chamberlain, but I've read about in history, the prime minister of, uh, or the, uh, Anyway, the guy that said, There will be peace in our time. He went over to uh, Germany and and came back to Britain and said, Don't worry about the Germans. They won't invade. There will be peace in our time. And there was no peace, there was war. The same thing we've got time. We can hold off. We have the temple. We have all of the, the, uh, the things uh, that uh, we need to preserve our lives. And when the reality hit, they were not ready. God promises through Ezekiel that judgment will be without delay. Even today, unbelievers scoff at all of what the Bible says about a coming uh, judgment. We live in a world that talks a lot about justice. And when they do so, they speak about it in relative terms. And yes, there is injustice in this world, but you seldom ever hear anyone speak About God's justice and how God's perfect holiness and righteousness demands complete and perfect justice. And the only one who's ever fulfilled completely God's justice is the person of Jesus, who did so on behalf of his people on the cross. Oh, we know about grace, we know about mercy, but we forget about justice. We often plead our case in saying something is not fair. And uh, I, uh, I was probably a really bad parent, uh, Nat Lee's wonderful Sunday school class has uh, reminded me of what a terrible parent I was. Uh, I would encourage, and I'm, I'm appreciative of his self-confession in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Um, those, all of us benefit from hearing what he has to say about family worship. It's not fair. How many times have you heard that from your children, or said it yourself? It's not fair. You don't want fair. Fair is you were conceived and born in hell forever. That's fair. That would be just. Oh, praise God. His grace is more than fair. His grace is the riches of Christ for all who would confess his name and receive that forgiveness. In the Old Testament, the people of God looked forward to it. Now we look back on what Jesus did on the cross, and we see his complete justice. But many people use the mercy of God, his daily mercy, as an excuse to delay repentance and faith. I've seen it, I've heard it. We pray regularly in prayer meeting for people who've said, who say it, I've still got time. I've still got time. It's too late when the clouds are falling on the cast. The time to repent and believe is now. You, we do not, it is the mercy of God that we do not know our time. His day, that day of judgment is coming. It is coming as certainly as as the Babylonians came. It was not far off. It was soon. It was right at the door. We deserve judgment. And every day that we do not receive it is a a day of uh, of mercy. But for the one who has not put their faith and trust in Jesus and nothing else, the worst day on this earth, as the late Dr. R.C. Sproul used to say, they will pray for. experiencing eternal just the eternal justice of God while you're alive you can apprehend the mercy of God and there is hope many of us have rebellious children and grandchildren and and loved ones that that are lost and we pray for them daily and regularly and we hope We hope for better things. And while while they are alive, there is hope. But we pray that they would come to the place where they apprehend and understand their personal need for the mercy of God and the grace of God to take away their sins. And if you're among those here today, if you could be one of those people, don't listen. That's what Ezekiel was saying. Don't don't listen to those who offer you false hope. Don't listen to the one who say who say there's there's the temple is still standing. We still have hope. We can hold out. We we can defeat the Babylonians in our own strength. Don't listen to the lies of this world. It is the truth of the gospel that our only hope is in the finished work of Jesus. Don't listen to false things. With the the false gospel that permeates so much of the visible church today. No, you're a good person. We, We affirm you as a person. Don't say difficult and harsh things we don't want to offend uh, people. We want people to. No, we. We want. We want is people to repent and put their faith and trust in Jesus alone. The truth of the Word of God often goes against popular sentiment. It often offends. Lord Jesus said it would be so. The sign of faithfulness to the gospel in every generation, every wicked generation will be persecution, will be animosity. And Jesus plainly told us that the, the, our enemies would be those of our own households. And sometimes we act like we're surprised we shouldn't we should take it as a sign of affirmation of the truth and a sign that we must continue to proclaim the truth when the bombers would take off and go over Germany and the, get, they would get close to their targets and they, with the, uh, the Allied pilots would get close to their targets and they would begin zeroing in on their target, they would notice that, that uh, the flak from the ground weapons would become more and more intense when we get over the target with the gospel, when we put our finger on the problem of rebellion, just realize that is a physical principle in in warfare that transfers over into the spiritual realm of warfare that we're involved in. The flak will intensify. If you are flying to drop your bombs in a place where there are no targets, you won't get any (laughs) flash. And there were cowardly pilots who would do just that. Sometimes we're cowardly Christians. We wanna fly where there is no flash. No, one I don't like that. But we need to be sure that it is the truth we're dropping yeah. and not our own opinions. Because of the certainty, the certainty of the truth of the word of God. Always be scoffers. There will always be mockers. I want to read two passages from the New Testament that just affirm this to us. Hebrews chapter 9. We, we went through Hebrews a couple of, uh, last year. Hebrews 9 27. The certainty of judgment to come. Personally, it is appointed nine twenty-seven. It is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to do sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting Him. The Lord Jesus is coming. And we are to eagerly await His coming. But We're to realize what that looks like. 2 Peter chapter 3 tells us what that looks like. Look, just look at verse 3. Or verse 2, that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. You should listen to the prophets of the Old Testament and the Apostles of the New Testament who gave us the Bible. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? That sounds like Ezekiel. These things are a long way off. For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they are from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago. The earth was formed out of water through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. He goes on to to say, don't overlook the fact of his coming for judgment. The, the, The scoffing and the mocking and the deliberate turning away from the word of God, that's flat. From the devil and his minions. Whenever we are faithful to proclaim the truth, we can fiercely keep lying. God's grace enables us to hit the target. We will, but our job is to be faithful. Our job is to continue to proclaim the truth no matter what. The worst position you can ever be in is in a war you can't win. If you are a rebel rebelling against God and His Word this morning, surrender. Give up. And submit to His Lordship and enlist in His army. Let us pray. Father, thank you for... Me. A plain, clear warning to Israel of old, that is to your church today, that there will be those who mock and hate and despise you. And we are to love them enough to speak the truth in love, with gentleness, and giving giving an answer of hope that they might be saved. Through the means of the Lord, amen, too, which is solely and completely the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we ask this in His name. Amen. Amen. amen.